What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Nurse Ree, and you're tuning in to Forensic Nurse Files. This is an informative but fun true crime podcast that follows the careers of three forensic nurse examiners. We just want to note that this podcast uses foul language, some sarcasm, and contains descriptions of adult themes and violence that some people may find disturbing. So if you need support, please check the show notes or visit our website. Hey guys, it's Nurse Ree and Nurse Ellie. So tonight we're going to talk about youth violence. So thank you for tuning in. We hope that you um, get something out of this podcast. It's something, you know, I feel, um, and I'm sure you do, Ree, as well, um, is very important in understanding people in general. So the CDC's definition of youth violence is the intentional use of physical force or power to threaten or harm others by young people aged 10 to 24. It can include fighting, bullying, threats with weapons, and gang-related violence. A young person can be involved with youth violence as a victim, offender, or as a witness. And some, you know, some, you know, fast facts, which I think are super alarming, like a lot of our facts, but homicide is the third leading cause of death for young people ages 10 to 24. And that's the third leading cause, the leading cause of death for non-Hispanic, Black, or African-American youth. It's preventable. It is preventable. And it's a growing problem. It is. And um, emergency departments, you know, across the United States treat a thousand or more youth for physical assault-related injuries each day. And I I would actually um, argue with that fact and say that it's far more than that because, you know, in the hospital-based forensics program in which I currently work, we see almost on a daily basis, multiple youth that come in who are victims of a, an assault. A lot of them are school fights, school bullying. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And I would also argue that for me and my experience, majority of the suspicious injury or SI patients that I see um, that are gunshot patients are minority males in their early 20s. Yeah, no, for sure. And I see the same thing. And like, just to remind, you know, our listeners, for us, those suspicious injuries, again, for those that might not have heard that episode, are anything like uh, any type of assault, like a beat up a gunshot wound, stabbing, or anything like that. And so just a couple more little interesting tidbits for you guys, just so you know, some youth are at greater risk than others, as with all things. Um, Sexual minority teens are more likely to experience multiple forms of violence compared to their heterosexual peers. And then black or African-American youth and young adults are at a higher risk for the most physically harmful forms of violence. So homicides, fights with injuries, aggravated assaults compared to white youth and young adults. You know, and that's, you know, why do you suppose that is? Like, I I sit there and I try to wrap my head around that. And why why do you suppose that is? You know, first and foremost, I think that um, just being young is a risk factor, right? Because kids and young adults, teens, they're all more likely to engage in risky behaviors. So they have that first off. And then secondly, I think that there's a lot of systemic racism and it goes back to that. Um, There is, because of systemic racism, there's concentrated poverty in certain areas and those areas tend to be where um, black African-Americans are concentrated. Um, 
There are limited educational and job opportunities. Um, there's lower socioeconomic status in these areas. And I think all of those disadvantages combined um, contribute to an increased risk of violence. And I think that it's just really a multifaceted, deep, um, like I said, systemic problem that we really have to get to the root cause of. It is and probably something that we're going to you know, another like, like, you know, check that for a later, you know, we're still in the stages of our podcast where we're just giving an overview of the different types of crimes that our patients experience. So we can definitely, I would say, step into that and across the board in multiple areas. But one thing to think about is, you know, um, not only is it harmful for the, the victim of that violence, it's costly. Um, and something, an amazing statistic is, I shouldn't say amazing, but an alarming statistic is that youth homicides and non-fatal physical assault related injuries. Do you want to take a guess at the, you know, the economic cost annually? I'm going to say over a million. hundred billion. And that's, that encompasses everything like the medical costs, the, you know, lost wages or work, quality and value of life. And that doesn't even include the cost to the criminal justice system. That's just the cost that we talked about. So it's very, you know, it's a a huge strain on our economic system. So, you know, we may disregard this as these are just kids, they're fighting or what have you, but it's far more than that. It has a huge impact on our society as a whole. And it's something that should be paid attention to. And I feel like it should be, you know, um, that we should do something, you know, to, try to intervene to prevent that, you know, and, you know, and the something that we hear about all the time, bullying, right? What is bullying? So per the CDC, bullying is any unwanted aggressive behavior or behaviors by another youth or group of youths who are not siblings or current dating partners that involves an observed or perceived power imbalance and is repeated multiple times or is highly likely to be repeated. Bullying may inflict harm or distress on the targeted youth, including physical, psychological, social, or educational harm. So this is a huge, 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 huge problem. It's a problem that's been around forever, but now that we're in a more digital age and we have social media and everybody has a phone, it has skyrocketed like y'all would not believe. From what I see in my role as a forensic nurse examiner, it's huge. Like I said, like I feel like that's an underestimate of the magnitude of the problem. So, um, you know, and bullying can result in all types of different, um, you know, can manifest in different ways. So it could be physical injury, you know, maybe it's um, social or emotional distress because the bullying is more not a physical fight, but maybe more of a taunting or something online because online is a huge platform for bullies to, you know, you know, try to, you know, gain their power. Um, it results in lower academic achievement and dropping out of school. And that, again, that has a huge impact on our society, you know, dropping out of school or, you know, low academic achievement. Um, you know, and, and the thing that is, you know, we talk about adverse childhood experiences, which we'll get into a little bit, but um, youth who bully others are at increased risk for um, substance misuse or abuse. This is the the bully themselves, academic problems, you know, so if we want to look at who might be a bully, look at their um, circumstances and 
Also, they have probably experienced um, violence at some point in their life. It might be earlier in life, like an adverse childhood experience, or maybe in adolescence and adulthood. Yeah, I was going to say, this is just a situation that's not good for either child that's involved. Like, 100% it's not good for the victim, but also the bully themselves. Like, just, there has to be a lot going on psychologically or even physically, mentally, whatever it may be, for one child to want to bully another. No, 100%. And history repeats itself, right? So... Most often, someone who bullies someone else has been bullied themselves. So they try to, I guess, gain back their power in some sort of way. It's a cycle, cycle of abuse. Yeah. And then another societal problem is the bulliers and the bullied, you know, they're at a greater risk for mental health and behavioral problems. So again, this is a huge problem. And it's something that I think that, um, you know, we're starting to look at you know, more closely. And I think there's programs in place to try to, you know, maybe um, combat some of that as there should be more because it has such a huge impact on, you know, the future. So there are many, many, many forms of bullying, but we're just going to talk about the most common types. So there's physical, which is the hitting, kicking, tripping, you know, um, knocking papers out of someone's hands knocking their books out of their hands smashing their face into food, stuff like that. Verbal, which is like name calling, teasing, um, relational or social, which is spreading rumors and leaving others out of the group. That's a big one. That's actually something that I've seen transcend into the workplace as well, especially nursing. We all know that um, relational and social bullying is huge, huge, huge in the nursing workforce. Um, And then damage to the property of the victim. Maybe they're smashing their glasses, breaking their phone, um, anything like that. Bullying can also occur through technology. So as I said earlier, we're now in the digital age. A lot of things are done online. Everybody has a phone, including kids, you know, at a very young age. They're having phones because parents need to keep track. They need to be able to be in contact with their children. It's just a different world we live in now. Um, but that's called electronic bullying or cyber bullying. And a young person can be a perpetrator, a victim, and or they can be both, you know, them being the bully and the victim. Um, bullying can negatively impact all youth involved, including those who are bullied, those who bully others, and then those that are witnesses to bullying. And so that takes me back to our last couple episodes where we talked about child abuse and how a child being a witness to something constitutes child abuse or neglect. In this instance, it's kind of the same. If one child is witnessing another child being bullied, they're definitely affected by that. And that's something we also have to think about. I think a lot of it, like, honestly, like, I feel like, you know, like in old school and currently too there's a lot of the physical because we see that those are the patients that come in but what we don't see are the patients that don't have injuries and those injuries are more psychological injuries you know the taunting and the teasing and the you know all the stuff through the internet i think that is huge 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 so but there's something a crazy statistic and if you if you look around at how many people are enrolled in one school because a lot of the times these are younger we're talking about more youthful people one in five high school students reported being bullied on school property. And then more than one in six high school students reported being bullied electronically in the last year. To me, like literally, 
you we have classrooms of I, I I'm just gonna throw a number out there, but it's close to forty, and one in five. Mm -hmm. So in each class, that's like eight kids that are a victim of this bullying, yeah. and like it's so. And the thing is, this these are just kids that reported it. So if you think about it, kids are scared to say things like. They don't want to tell on their friends or in this case, they're probably not even their friends. They don't want to tell on their classmates for fear of retaliation or things getting worse. Um, they don't they'll internalize a lot. So these are only the reported cases. So I'm sure that one in five number is way higher. Oh, I agree. hundred percent. Because most crimes like, you know, a lot of the crimes that we talked about, you know, sexual assault you know, domestic violence, all those are very underreported. So our statistics are not accurate, I don't think, in comparison to the number of victims that we actually have. But, um, you know, and then we take those, then we have like high risk groups, right? So groups like, um, you know, those who identify as a lesbian, gay, bisexual, you know, about 33% of those um, who weren't even clear about their sexuality experienced some type of bullying you know, either at school, electronically, whatever in the past year. So, um, 33%, I mean like literally 33%, you know, think about your taxes, <laughs> get 33% of your tax, your uh, income taken out in taxes that, and you're mad, you're high, but that's a lot. A third of the students, that's to me, that's like, that's, that's alarming. That is, um, a problem. It's a problem. And, uh, so, and that's in comparison to 22% of, you know, heterosexual high school students. So, um, it's a big difference. And so bullying is a frequent discipline problem. And I think this is something that schools really struggle with. Um, nearly 14% of public schools report that bullying is a discipline problem occurring daily or at least once a week. Reports of bullying are highest in middle schools at 28% followed by high schools at 16% and then combined schools at 12%. Cyberbullying is the highest in middle schools, 33%, then high schools at 30 and then combined at 20. So like I said, that cyber electronic bullying is at an all-time high. They can hide behind a screen. You can be anonymous. Nobody knows who you are. And so that's, I think, what makes it more appealing to the bullies themselves um, but for youth, I feel like that's the most detrimental because a lot of times it's on a public platform. Everyone can see it. Um, and it, it's just, it's a horrible situation to be in. It is. And I, I, like, I honestly feel like a lot of the time from what I've seen, you know, working mm -hmm. that a lot of the time that, um, the schools, um, tend to turn their backs on this and maybe like downgrade it or, you know, try to justify it or rationalize it. And, um, I don't think that's the right approach and it's not up to us to solve that problem. We're just reporting, you know, statistics really and informing, you know, the listeners about what this is and how prevalent it is. But I do feel like a lot of the time when I have patients come in who are, uh, you know, in that youthful age and, you know, middle school, elementary school, middle school, um, high school, the parents have said, like, we've told the school multiple times, all these things have happened and they don't do anything about it. And I'm going to tell you, true. like, I, you know, my, um, uh, my son is 27 years old and he was a victim of bullying in the third grade. 
and nothing. somebody pulled a knife on him at school. Someone that had been bullying him, a switchblade knife, double-edged switchblade knife. And the school did absolutely zero zilch, nothing about it. They said, well, you know, it's, it's not that big of a knife. The knife had a three and a half inch, what? the knife had a three and a half inch blade and they thought it wasn't that big of a deal because it wasn't that big of a I'm sorry, but who gives a fuck? Someone just pulled a knife on your son. Who cares how big the blade is? In third grade, eight years old, it was a felony. And uh, we de definitely dealt with that situation. But I'm just saying that, and this was many, many years ago. He was eight years old and now he's like 27, you know? So, um, so yeah. this has been something this, like we, we're talking about it now, bullying, and we have all these school shootings and all this st stuff, but this is, in all reality, this is something that's gone on for a long time. And, um, you know, yeah. I was born in the mid sixties. Okay. And when I was in junior high school, I, you know, I was a victim of something similar. So, um, so this isn't new. It's something that they're finally starting to pay attention to. But in my opinion, again, it's just my opinion. They're not paying enough attention to it. They're, they need to do more about it. They need to be more proactive versus reactive when it comes to it. You know, and we're going to talk a little bit about mm -hmm. school violence and, you know, maybe re you can talk about the CDC definition of school violence. Yeah. So I just want to add on to that and say, like, in a lot of the instances of school violence or school fights that I saw or do see in the forensics unit, um, the victims always were some kind of different, right? Maybe their skin color was different or maybe they were mentally different or they had some kind of physical disability. Maybe they were autistic. They were on the spectrum, something like that. And that is the reason that they were being bullied, which is not okay. Like we have to teach our kids better to accept everybody and to embrace being different. Well, and that's one of the big problems that we have is in order to feel better about yourself, maybe you pick on, you know, the little guy or someone that you feel is less than yourself because you're having a, a problem with your own self-esteem. So maybe, um, there's some psychology that needs to be addressed in kids or youth these ages. So school violence is violence that occurs in the school setting. It describes violent acts that disrupt learning and have a negative effect on students, schools, and the broader community. School is a location where the violence occurs, not a type of violence. So some examples of school violence can be bullying and cyberbullying, which we just went over fighting in schools so punching slapping kicking any kind of school fights um i know when in my days when i was in high school there used to be like scheduled fights like people would meet off campus and to handle their business after school um weapon use so like nurse ellie just described her son was threatened with a knife at school um that is a type of school violence there's gang violence, and then there's also sexual violence, which we're seeing at an increasing rate also on school campuses. Okay, so we're talking about bullying in schools, elementary school, middle school, high school. And I actually have a 12-year-old on the podcast right now. And I just want to, you know, just get her opinion on bullying and what she's seen or experienced. Um, do you want to, have you ever experienced bullying at your school? Yes, I have. Like, tell me, tell me what you've seen or experienced. So a lot of people make fun of you for maybe your body shape or something like that, or maybe make fun of you because of how you dress or how you look. That's most of the time it's physical of what they bully you off of. And it definitely is a problem in school because it makes kids 
really like upset and that's not good for education and learning um because it's just distracting all in your mind thinking about it it doesn't help with trying to get schoolwork done and that definitely um is a bit big impact on work have you ever been a victim of bullying in your opinion yes i have and you want to talk about that yes um i've been bullied for being skinny and um and slim and a lot of people would make fun of me for that and for the people who are maybe more like um like more n- like of a normal body shape they they call those people um like weird and not normal and for the people who are fat they would also make fun of those people and how do you think that it impacts like how does that make you feel and how does that impact your the way you feel about yourself and your learning it makes you not want to go to school it makes you just want to like hide and not talk to anybody and just disappear it's what it makes you feel like wow thank you so much for sharing that with us and really now with the world and I'm sorry that you've had to experience that but I do want to let you know that you're not alone you know I'm a very small petite skinny person myself my mom is as well and she um recently revealed to me that she's had body image issues because she was bullied for being so skinny um and it's affected her all the way to this day to the point where she still tries to cover up her body you know in her 60s and I was also bullied for being very small and skinny and I still hear it to this day people will see me and they they think or they'll say you know you look like you're shrinking I can't believe you're so small you need to eat a cheeseburger you know whatever it may be but these are just my genetics it's the way I was born and there's nothing I can do to change that so I want you to know that you're not alone and you're beautiful no matter what body type you have but I, my question I have for you is that um, when this was made known to teachers or administrators, what did they do about it? Um, I feel like it should be suspension, but most of the time, the only thing they do is like a one-day detention, and I feel like they don't learn from that, and they don't realize it's not okay by just one day of detention. Like they need to be more proactive, I think is what she's saying. Right. And that's what I think also. And just so you know, like both of you feeling slim, you know, um, I experienced the opposite for always being sicker, you know? So it's like, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't, nobody's ever, you know, it's just, um, it's just a societal problem that we've had for many years. And it's something that, um, enough attention has not been given to it. Um, and we're just talking about it right now because, we have seen the aftermath of those who are victims of bullying. And um, it's something I, th- we, I guess we just kind of feel like we need to like put it out there. So maybe it'll bring attention to somebody and alert somebody to the need to address it more um, aggressively. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to part one of our youth violence episode. We'll have part two coming at y'all next week. As always, you can find us on all your social media platforms at Forensic Nurse Files. You can email us at ForensicNurseFilesPod at gmail.com. We'd love any feedback that you have to offer. Please make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Tell a friend. And as always, y'all stay safe, and we'll catch you next week.